0: So imagine you work for the Microsoft Office of South Africa. You're just working in a little office here, maybe in George, and somebody, your manager tells you, you know what, we're going to implement the new system, um, so please make sure that all the sales reps, they know how to work the system. And yes, we will help you. It comes from head office, but hey, make sure it happens. And then as you, as you start doing this thing, you get a Skype call. Somebody phones you. And he's like, hello, Amor. Can I please can I please speak to Armour again? Yes, I'm speaking. And, and, the, and, the, and the person on the side says, hey, I am Bill Gates. Bill Gates is the CEO of, of Microsoft. He used to be. He's the founder of Microsoft. He says, I'm Bill Gates. I want you to implement the system. And not only will I... I'm not only telling you to implement the system, so it's coming from the highest authority in Microsoft. You know what? You're going to go to your sales reps, and when you walk in the room, in their office, I want you to put me on speakerphone or video call, and I will tell them personally, I will help you in this conversation to transfer everybody onto this new system. You're going to be like, wow, this is amazing. I feel special. The highest authority in my company made the effort to phone me and to tell me this is what we need to do. This must be really important. This must be really important. Not only is it really important, He's also going to help me implement, He's going to be with me. So when you read the scripture, it is Jesus, so it's after His resurrection, He is going away. His final words are very important. Have you ever been, like you said, Mom, Dad, I'm going to stay home. And as your mom walks through the door, she screams at you, Hey, Amo, don't forget to give the dogs food. Or don't, forgive, or don't forget to close the door for the chickens. That's a problem we have currently. We have chickens, and they keep on coming into the house. The reason why your mom's saying that is because it's important. It's her last words. These are Jesus' last words, some of His last words. So, in that context, when we think of making disciples, and we're going to explain what making disciples mean a little later, it is an commandment. You can't get away from it. It is not additional to Christianity. I can't go like, hey, I'm a Christian, and maybe if I have time, I will disciple people. If no, if you're a Christian, it means that you are a follower of Jesus. You want to do what He said. You want to listen to You want to obey. So you want to make disciples. You want to baptize people. We had the privilege of baptizing Kevin yesterday. You want to baptize people. You want to teach them to obey everything that Jesus commanded so it's, it's a commandment. It's not a suggestion. You have to do it. And now all of us are like, hey, I didn't sign up for this. I thought it's all love. I want to feel God. I want to worship. But listen to this. So the one who's giving the commandment is the one who knows you. And he knows you in such a way that he also knows what will fulfill you. So when God speaks a commandment, it's not only so that he can get things done. It's also because he knows that this is what brings meaning to life. Like I've, I've looked at my life and I've, I've done some, which for me is very adventurous stuff. I've done stage races, mountain biking, trail running. I've done the Ironman. I've traveled the world, went snowboarding, In America, I I love adventure. I love jumping off cliffs. I love spending time in the sea. I love all of that. But the greatest adventure for me is just spending time with people and discipling them. Because I found that when God gives a commandment, He gives it as an invitation into this greatest adventure that you'll ever live. It is the most amazing thing to either end or in a period spending it, Time, time with somebody, and, and a few months down the line, somebody comes to you and say, Thank you, Amo. Thank you. You have showed me the way to Jesus. It is the most incredible kick high. I don't know. I've never done drugs, but I can imagine nothing can come close to that. And my first experience was when I was 19 years old, we were in a small group in Stellenbosch, and our leader, who was a year older than me, he was discipling me because you you don't have to be too, you don't have to be so mature and know everything to be a disciple maker. So he said, "Hey Armor, you know what? You're gonna go with Daniel, and every week, all I need you to do is he didn't even call it discipleship. He just said you're gonna spend time with him and you're gonna chat through his week, and if he has questions, you answer and you pray together. That's all you do. So." Me and Donald would go to the botanical gardens every week and we'd just sit there and we'd chat, whether it's about girlfriends or about the food at the hostel or what we're doing or stuff that he's going through in his family. And we would pray about it. And the next year, he comes to me and he says, Omo, thank you for discipling me. Like, I didn't think I was discipling this guy, I didn't think I was walking around, I didn't even think I was actually there was. I didn't think I was talking sense to this guy, and I, rem- I still remember this word, those words. But not only the words, but also the impact that it had on me. I'm like Jesus. I want to do this for the rest of my life. If this is if this is what you want me to do, if this is your commandment, I want to see people's lives change. I want to help people like Daniel. I want to see him following Jesus. So. From the scripture, it's the highest authority that's speaking to us. It's a commandment. You can't get away from it. It's not additional. But we need to intentionally pursue discipling people. You need to make friends. If you don't have friends, then pray to God. Say, God, give me a friend. Give me somebody. You walk to somebody that comes forward for prayer, and you say, you know what? I'm going to spend some time with you. In this week, just for an hour, I'm going to drink coffee with you. Preferably from the same gender. We... We know there's some guys that really, they're going to go f- flirt to convert. You heard of that? <laughs> okay, so it's sometimes as easy as, so it's the highest authority, it's commandment. But the, the thing that I want you, att- to fo- you to focus your attention on is the fact that it's an invitation to the greatest adventure ever. There's nothing better than that. I can honestly say this, and this is the truth. It is the greatest adventure that you'll ever go on, is to spend time discipling people. And sometimes, yes, it's really difficult. (laughs) It's really difficult. Like I've been blocked on WhatsApp. I've been told to not ever speak to people again. And all I was trying to do is to help people. I know it feels to be rejected. And there's still some people they will never speak to me because I said, hey, you know what? I know you're far off, but hey, let's talk. No. Brainy, they feel too unholy and I don't know what's shining from me, but it's, they don't want to connect. So it's not always easy, but it's the greatest adventure when we pursue this. So... The second part of this sermon, I want to focus on a scripture, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. It's a simple scripture. And if if you remember something from this service, please remember this. It says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So it's one of the, the greatest apostles in the New Testament. He wrote more than half of the New Testament. Paul is saying, follow me as I follow Christ. So who of you in this room can say that? You can walk to any stranger and you can say, follow me as I follow Christ. Who of you can say that? Like, like raise your hand if you feel you can. I know, like, there's so many of you that can do this. Don't be shy. This is the start, okay? Great. Who of you want to make disciples? Say this off to me. You can... Like, speak to the person in your mind. Say, follow me as I follow Christ. Okay, hopefully by the end of the night, we will have at least 80% of people being, being able to say that. Follow me as I follow Christ. So I was doing some research on this, on the Scripture, and then I found that Paul is not only saying this in Corinthians, he's also saying it in Philippians. He's saying, join together in following my example, Philippians 3.17. This guy, it seems like he's very full of himself. He's saying, hey, just follow my example. Who is this guy? And then Thessalonians 3 verse 7. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. And then 1 Corinthians 4 verse 14 to 16 I'm writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Verse 16. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. To follow me. To follow my example. And there's a key in this verse, this last verse. He says, you have many guardians. Other translations say, you have many instructors. So you have many people telling you what to do. But you have so few fathers. What's the difference between an instructor and a father? The difference is love. If I'm instructed to Luke, then I tell Luke what to do. If I'm a father to Luke, then I love him and I know him. I want the best for Him. So we need to get to a place where we can say, follow me as I follow Christ. Luke, can you say that? Luke say, Luke can say that. Kevin was baptized yesterday, so I've... I prayed with him yesterday and I prayed with him before the service. I can honestly tell you that you can follow him as he follows Christ. He's not all sorted out. He still has a moustache and everything. And we prayed yesterday that as, he's, as he gets dunked under the water, the moustache would just fall off. That would be amazing. Like, not that I have anything against moustaches. But I can, I can tell you and this is my, this is my conviction, I'm, and I'm actually just, I want to prophesy it over you. Follow Kevin as he is following Christ. Because, you know, Kevin, again, has been following Daniel as Daniel is following Christ. It's amazing. And Donnell has been following Luke as he's been following Christ. Can you see what's happening? There's already, there's a grandfather, a father, and a son. Anthony and you're the grandchild. That is, don't be so scared to be confident in what God has done for you. I was at a wedding recently, and the dad messed up. He, yo, oh, he messed up. Like, the dad of the, of the groom, he really messed up. But I was looking at his children, all of them following Jesus. And I was, I was like, hey, God, what's happening here? The dad's messing up. What's happening here? And I felt God saying, hey, you know what? He set an example that he is, he is not the ultimate authority in life. That they can go to Jesus. That they can pray. Because all of them are very versed in the Bible. They would quote scripture the whole time. Every, every speech, and there was a lot of unbelievers, just scripture, 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 scripture. All of them following Jesus in a, in a very healthy way. And I'm like, this dad's messed up, but this is happening. But this dad, even in his messed up state, he knew that he could say, follow me as I follow Christ. Don't be so scared of your sin. Don't be so scared of of your insecurity, of your weakness, and all of that. Yes, don't, don't carry on with sin. I'm not saying that. But if you have walked one step, With Jesus, you can help somebody else. And usually it's the people that have walked just one step that are the best disciples. And they're like, man, I don't know. Somebody just said to me, get baptized. I just did it. Hey, uh, you don't know Jesus. Get saved, man. Get saved. No. Okay, let's pray. Jesus, forgive his sins. Oh, no, you should pray. Jesus, pray after me. And then this guy gets saved. And then next time it's like, hey, oh, oh what did I do? Oh, I got baptized. Yes, let's go, and, let's go to Luke and say, hey, we need to get baptized. That's sometimes the best disciples because sometimes we that are so, we've been so indoctrinated by the devil that we think we have nothing to give. But you have amazing things to give, all of you sitting here in this room. I think the biggest problem they have in this church is not sin. The biggest problem in this church is not that useless people or people that don't want to serve. The biggest problem we have in this church is that you don't believe that you're amazing. And that you are a worthy example. I honestly believe this. This is what I'm praying into. I'm like, God, just tell all these people they're amazing. They're amazing. Leon, yeah, yeah, they amazing. I really want to say this. One of, my, one of the guys who discipled me, he, he would say, it's, it's so easy to see weakness and sin, but it takes skill to s- see strength and to see gold and to see gifting. So I've made it my focus. I even tell God, God, I don't want to see weakness. I don't want to see sin. I just want to see what I can speak into. I just want to see the gold. So, I'm, on, I'm this, on this mission to encourage the hell out of every person that I see. Literally. If you, if you, if you meet me, this is my goal, and I know I've, I'm not. I fail sometimes. I'm not perfect, but I want to believe more in you than your mother believes in you. That is re- that is my goal, and I want all of you to sign up for that assignment like if you meet somebody like and usually it's the, the people that that's rejected the people that nobody wants to be friends with those people are the most amazing people who go to like Jesus there's so much gold in this person how can I encourage this person how can I encourage the hell out of this person because that's the start of discipleship okay so We have two minutes for this practical part. So, where do you start? How do you start? Follow this example. So, the first thing that I want to encourage you, and this is only this is an add-on coming from this morning service, because I I just felt this is what God's saying is that we need to repent for not thinking that we are awesome enough to follow. Because you've been told all your life you are useless, and you've done this wrong, and you've You're so bad, and you can't do this. No, we must stop that thinking. Because if we have thoughts in our mind that doesn't correlate, that not in sync with what God's saying, then we need to repent of that. Repentance is the Greek word metanoia. Metanoia means change of mind. So say, I'm awesome. I have many mistakes, but I'm awesome. I just need to to stay humble, pursuing God in community, then God will use me. So that's the first thing. The second thing is where all of us can start is you can start with one person, a friend, and we'll do a little exercise just now on how to find out who that person person is. But start with prayer. Because to teach somebody to pray is to teach them how to build relationships with the one that will always be there. It's like teaching the sales rep at, my, at the Microsoft office. You know what? Bill Gates is on speed dial. Don't come and bug me. Just phone Bill Gates. He's fine with it. Like so often we're like, Hey Luke, what are you... Just help me man. I don't, I don't want to know what you were saying. No. Phone God. Say God, what are you saying? So... Luke 11, 1. Jesus saying, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. Well, Luke's saying, Luke's always saying something. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. So, this is an amazing example. This is discipleship 101. So, Jesus, what's he doing? What's he doing? He's praying. So, Jesus is praying. He's up in the mountain. He's showing. What we should do, he's, he's praying, so he's communicating with God, and, and then and the disciples are like, wow, that looks amazing, there's, there's clouds, and there's glory, and there's stuff happening there, teach us how to pray, and then Jesus gives them the Our Father, so to teach somebody to pray is one of the first things that you need to do when you're discipling somebody, because when I'm looking at you, I'm not only trying to teach you how to pray, I'm actually trying to teach you how to teach somebody else to pray. And how do you do that? Just like one of the guys who discipled me did. So I would go to him with a problem. He would say, so what's God saying about it? Like, man, I just need some human wisdom here. I don't, I just, I have two options here. I can go on this holiday or this holiday. Just tell me what you would do. No, what is God saying? What is, what is he trying to teach me? He's trying to teach me my dependence on God. So then somebody comes to you and says, hey, I don't know, should I choose this course or this course? Should I stay in George or should I move? Pray. Okay, come. And and then those thoughts that come into your mind, come with those thoughts to me. Okay, what is God saying? God's saying, hey, I've a calling, He has a calling for me in, in um Johannesburg, um, I really felt that I should rather take that post. It's actually less money than here in George. Um, I should take that. And then the, the mentor, the guy who's discipling would say, you know what, is this what God's saying? He would say, yes, this is really what I felt God's saying. So, if this is what God's saying, then I'm backing you. If you fail, if you go to joburg and you realize, man, this is wrong choice. I heard wrong. You can come back and, hey, we just, but at least you gave God the option to speak to you, and you will grow in this hearing from God thing. But 99% from experience, I can tell you that God actually speaks. Whether you're a Christian for five minutes or a Christian for 20, 20 years, God speaks. But the, the key is here, you teach somebody to say, hey, what is God saying about Anything. Like literally, should I go to the shops today or should I go to the beach? Just use anything. God's interested in all of us, all of our life. It's like my my son, I loved it. He wants a nativity play as a cake. That's what he's, and I'm like, really? What about a dinosaur or Superman? No, he wants that because he loves Jesus and the wise men. And the star. So the crucial thing is you teach somebody to ask God, what are you saying? And then they must come back to you and they must say, hey, this is what God's saying. And they must go to the word. And most of the things that people struggle with are relational. So they're going to come to you and they're going to talk. Talk to me. Hey, um, what should I do with my dad that's unsaved? Or I have this relationship with this friend. We used to be best friends. How can I? How can I sort this out? And I'm like, I don't. I don't give you advice. I don't know how girls' brains work. But hey, God. So you you go like, a, and the, and the girl comes back and he's and she says, Hey, um, I just feel like I just need to leave it. I need to leave this relationship. Bad news bad news and you're like is this really what God's saying or is this what your emotions are saying let's let's go let's go to the word what's what's the word saying the word saying that we should that, should that we should be peacemakers blessed are the peacemakers not the peacekeepers or the peace walk away from war makers hey you know what maybe this relationship is not something you need to pursue but you need to at least make peace is this, what is this what the scripture is saying? Go and read Matthew 5. Is, yeah, okay. This is what God's saying. Okay, so you go and make peace. Say, And you come and then you'll see the fruit because God's faithful to his word. Amen. Okay, so close your eyes. The band can come up so long. So while, while your eyes are closed, I'm just gonna do an ad break here quickly. Keep your eyes closed, because it's serious stuff. Okay, so if you wanna be discipled, because you, if in order for you to make disciples, you need to be a disciple. There's still the last open session for Bible school this Tuesday. It changed my life. Like I studied theology, um, and I had got more out of Bible school, show for Bible school than I got out of theology, four years of theology. Greek and Hebrew, it was amazing, but the Bible school just transformed my life. So that's one thing. other thing that's coming up is, is Encounter 1 and 2. So bring a friend with. Encounter 1 deals about what's salvation, what's the baptism, what's Holy Spirit, and filling of the Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. All of that coming up on, on Friday night at 6 o'clock, and then also Encounter 2 on Saturday. Okay. Add break down. Thank you, Lord. You are speaking to these people who are in a prayerful mode here. Thank you, Jesus. So while your eyes are closed, just ask this question to God. Say, God, who is the person that I can disciple? Just are the one question. And the first Person that pops into your mind. Just make a mental note of it. If you have a journal, just write that name down. Some of you might have two or three. So now the second thing you do is you, you, God, how can I approach this person? Where do we start? Because for all of you, it's going to be different. For some, it's going to be coffee. Other, it's going to hey, I'll take him to Encounter One or to Bible school or to small group church. Or, hey, um, he's unsaved still, so I'll go surfing with him or her.